everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of the internet's most hated mafia-themed geek podcast, Long Coat Mafia Podcast. It is I, the one, the only Reverend Godfather, a.k.a. the Martinsburg Madman, a.k.a. this show's frontman and main host. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, aliens of all shapes, sizes, colors, ages, and those visiting from the Shadow Realm that wish to listen to our podcast. Welcome to the first episode pertaining to Harrisburg Comic and PopCon. Hold up. Wait. I can't. Let's back up. Sorry, folks from Four State. I have to do it like this. Hey, all. Welcome to the first bit of coverage from Four State Comic Con, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, 2023. I feel better now. Thank you all for understanding that. But either way, we got this bit of content from this weekend, August 26th and 27th. This was the second panel we recorded at this event. But as you can see, this is the first panel we are presenting to you. There's a few things we have to go through, or should I say a few hoops that we still have to go through with the other panel. But we will present that one to all of you in time so be patient with that one we will present it to you but in this panel we will presenting or should i say in this episode we will be we will be presenting to all of you the damsels in distress panel now yes ladies and gentlemen it's going to sound a little rough that's because we were going into this event a little bit of a gonzo style and for those of you wondering what I meant by Gonzo style, uh, it means I just, I didn't have my computer, my mixer, and a whole mess of cords, mics, and so forth and so on. I just went in with kind of a minimalist type ordeal with my multi-Swiss Army camera, uh, which means it's able to do uh, photos, video, and audio all in one camera. Uh, and that's it. And you're, even though the audio you're going to hear is rough, very rough, like I said, but you're able to make out everything that SK Era says in their panel. Uh, so I'm trying to keep everything uh, neutral. Uh, SK, uh, one, if I misgendered, gendered misgendered you i apologize too i know i probably mispronounced your name wrong again i apologize so please understand that i i love what you did in this panel again this is the denzel in distress panel i want you all to sit back relax and enjoy it so what else can i say but wait where's george dang nabbit hey dave can you do me a favor and hit the button please We'll be right back with more of the Long Coat Mafia podcast. All right, good morning. Can you all hear me all right? Perfect, thank you. My name is S.K. Era. I am a author, and today we will be talking about damsels in distress. Is it a tire trunk or a compelling conflict? If ever there was a trope in need of rescue, it is a damsel in distress. It's a tale as of this time. A woman is in peril, a man who marks on a quest of rescue. Daring deeds ensue, the guy gets the girl, and the hero's journey is complete. The narrative spans both time and culture. 
dating to ancient Greece with Perseus's rescue of Princess Andromeda and Ovid's metamorphoses, and ancient India with Sita's abduction by the demon king Ravana in the Ramayana. It has continued to be a fixture in almost every subsequent story medium, such as the 1914 film serial The Perils of Pauline, to the contemporary television series Supernatural, featuring an expansive roster of single-episode female characters written to be threatened by the monster of the week. Whether through mythology, comic books, radio serials, movies, or video games, we're all familiar with the damsel of distress, and we're all able to conjure the culturally ubiquitous images of the woman in peril. A princess locked away in a tower and guarded by a man-eating monster. A white dress clad woman set to be sacrificed, or the superhero's love interest, who is described in story as competently plucky, but often shown to be about as useful as a screen door on a submarine. The term damsel in distress carries negative connotations in today's culture, and understandably so. To say the stereotype damsel in distress is an outdated trope is overly generous, and is more appropriately criticized as an eye-rolling crochet. She hardly qualifies as a character. Her personality is undeveloped beyond a pretty face and a full-bodied set of lungs for dialogue dominated by screaming. She's defined by her helplessness, lack of agency, and is so flat a character she could easily slide beneath the imprisoning dungeon door. The tendency to pigeonhole female characters to this role is a disservice, not only to the representation of women in fiction, but the men coming to their rescue and storytelling as a whole. You don't have to be a literary critic to find issues with how the stereotype damsel in distress objectifies women. She's written not as a subject of the story, but an object of want. The stereotype damsel's value is barely informed, rarely shown, and the motivation for her rescue is not decided by her innate worth as an individual, but hinges upon the hero's desire for her. Her presence has little bearing on the plot, and the quest to rescue her is easily interchangeable with a quest for inanimate treasure, reducing her to a prize to be won instead of a fully flushed person. Even in instances where there is romantic attachment between Hero and the stereotype damsel before her distress, objectification persists as an object of affection is still an object. As Shalina Jan Mohammed of the National News wrote, the tale's entrenchment in our collective psyche highlights deep-set ideas about the passive, secondary nature of women in the grand circle of life. Women should not be heroes. They should be inducements, prizes, or catastrophes. Beyond reducing the female in the conflict to a breathing guffin, the traditionally male rescuer suffers as well from the trope's misuse. The stereotypical tale whittles both the worth of the feminine and the masculine down to the meanest physicality. The woman's worth being dependent on attractiveness. The man's decided by his strength. It is not a moral code that motivates him, a reasoned sense of ethics, or a higher calling that spurs him to confront danger. Rescuing an individual from dire threat is diminished from being born of duty to another to pursuit of an object he finds personally desirable. This is boring storytelling. But 
flawed execution in storytelling is not the same as a flawed narrative device, despite the tendency of the trope toward shallow cliché in its overuse. Does the damsel in distress have anything to offer the modern audience? If there is truth to be found in it, then yes, the narrative deserves to be both timeless and prevalent in all genres of storytelling. And it is here we must distinguish between different understandings of damsels in distress. The archetype damsel is a symbol of substance. She's a character in her own right where being in distress is not who she is, but a trial she undergoes and proves to be worthy of deliverance from. The stereotype damsel is a misrepresentation of the archetype. She has the shape, but none of the substance. She has been hollowed out into a frail, helpless stock character, masquerading as feminine representation, removed from serving any function besides cheap fantasy. It's a shame the archetype has been lost to lazy writing, because when written correctly, the damsel in distress champions the strengths of femininity, the value of relationships both between individuals and society at large, and the importance of interdependency. As an audience, we know that the damsel in distress story arc provides compelling conflict because we've seen it executed to great effect. And it's certainly not limited to the stereotypes cliche of a man coming to a helpless woman's rescue. The backlash to the stereotype damsel, namely the gender inversion where the action girl suits up to save the man, is centuries behind the times. Men in distress and damsels coming to their rescue has long been a staple of storytelling. In the Ballad of Tamlin, dating to mid-16th century, it is the heroine Janet who rescues Tamlin from the fairy queen and the threat of damnation. In Hansel and Gretel, Gretel saves her brother from being eaten by the witch. Gerda undergoes a quest to save her childhood friend Kai, who is held captive in the Snow Queen. In the fairy tale The Six Swans, the sister must restore her brothers from the curse, a folk tale that appears in multiple iterations across European, Middle Eastern and Asian cultures, earning its own classification in the Arne Thompson Uther Index of story plots as a maiden who seeks her brothers. More recently, 1917 to be precise, in J.R.R. Tolkien's tale of Baron and Luthien, Luthien saves Baron from Sauron's prisons, undergoing and overcoming ordeals throughout their quest, and together they best the Dark Lord Morgan. The damsel in distress subtropes of distressed dude and badass in distress share the same narrative pattern. A character comes into peril they must be rescued from. Distressed dude, George Bailey, in It's a Wonderful Life, must be saved from his existential crisis by the angel Clarence and the inciting financial crisis by his wife, Mary. In the historical romance Ivanhoe, the titular character, who is very much a badass warrior, is injured during a tournament and must be rescued at multiple points throughout the tale. Superheroes, culturally verified badasses, often fall into villainous clutches mirroring the traditional setup of a damsel in distress. Distressed dudes and badasses in distress remind us the rescue fantasy isn't limited to men saving women or the strong rescuing the helpless. And in the instances when the man does come to a lady's rescue, it shouldn't be assumed to be a disempowering or a sexist narrative. What makes distressed dudes and badasses in distress work is that they follow the pattern of the archetype damsel. 
the character distress is defined by an event rather than the stereotype where the distress defines the entirety of the character. The stereotype damsel being an object to act upon rather than the subject of the story is assumed to be passive. The archetype is anything but. She may not be able to escape her captivity without external aid, but she does not succumb to her predicament. She exemplifies perseverance under difficulty, embodies the truth that there are adversities we cannot overcome or escape, but can endure. And while freedoms may be stripped from us, our dignity is ours to defend. In the Ramayana, Sita, the wife of Rama, is kidnapped by the king of demons, Ravana. During her captivity, she repeatedly resists Ravana's advances, demonstrating moral strength. After her rescue, when her character comes under doubt, she volunteers to prove her virtue by ascending a fire, where the fire god himself is burned by the strength of her morals. Even after proving herself to the divine, she is still exiled when her husband is swayed by the rumors surrounding his wife's abduction. Throughout her exile, she remains honorable and is eventually rescued from a world which has treated her unjustly, not by her husband, but is once again recognized by the divine through the intercession of the earth goddess Bumi. In One Thousand and One Nights, Scheherazade cannot escape her marriage to the king, but she can escape death by skillfully weaving tales to keep the king to and fro to follow through with his bad habit of executing his wives the morning after their wedding. In the end, her cleverness and perseverance earned her a pardon and her life. Sita and Scheherazade are both damsels who explore the relationship between the individual and society. Although Sita is abducted by the demon king, it is social condemnation that causes her continued punishment. She's judged for wrong she did not commit, but is proven pure, yet still exiled. She was a captive of Ravana, but is held hostage by social expectation and assumption, and is rescued when her unshakable character proves her beyond reproach. This is a conflict we are all familiar with. We have all been subject to the judgment of others, opinions that we have no power to change, despite evidence to the contrary, and it's good for us. Like Sita, we cannot always save ourselves from injustice, but we can choose how to undergo those trials, retaining dignity and honor. Scheherazade cannot escape the situation she is in, but she can make the best of terrible circumstances to change the outcome. We've all experienced abuse of authority, whether it be a tyrannical teacher, a micromanaging supervisor, or been trapped in toxic relationships. Like Scheherazade, we're not always able to remove ourselves from the distress, but we are not helpless and should never resign ourselves to a fate we have not decided for ourselves. The archetype damsel is distressed, but she is not disempowered. She is very much a subject of the story. Her captivity is not a stagnant place to hold her while the plot unfolds, but an ongoing trial she must overcome. Her worthiness of rescue is shown to the reader, not informed through the lazy writing shortcut of stock characters. The stereotype damsel holds little regard for the feminine, using it as justification for placing the woman in peril she is impotent to escape. The archetype has a far more mature understanding of the value of traditionally feminine traits. She refutes the notion that the only way to overcome conflict is through physical might. She shows the heroism of endurance, a quiet bravery in undertaking injustices and 
champions overcoming adversity through non-physical means. She also champions the necessity of interdependency. No man is an island, and the archetype damsel shows the importance of relationships and the sacrifices they demand. In Rapunzel, the quintessential example of the maiden in the Tower Tale, Rapunzel needs rescuing from the tower she's imprisoned in, and is dependent upon the prince to do so, but not through his physical strength. She asks that he supply her skates of silk each time he visits so that he might leave, she might leave a rope to descend from her captivity. Unfortunately, young people in love doing as young people in love do results in Rapunzel getting noticeably pregnant before she can complete the task. She's cast out into the wilderness by the sorceress who imprisoned her, and the prince is blinded when, ignorant to his lover's fate, he visits the tower and finds the wish waiting for him. Eventually, the two are reunited, Rapunzel's teal, tears hide his blindness, and they are able to live the fate happily ever after. Again, Rapunzel, though a damsel in distress, is not passive in her captivity. She needs the prince's help, but actively participates in working toward her escape. And just as how she relied on the prince in the story's beginning, he depends on her in the end. Needing help is not the same as being helpless. The archetype damsel reminds us heroism does not equate to invulnerability. In fact, it is impossible for the invulnerable to be truly heroic because there is no personal risk. Heroism is possessing the courage to make oneself vulnerable. We are not expected to be self-sufficient and the exaltation of the non-existent, autonomous individual leads to boring stories and a lonely life. Perhaps this is why the damsel in distress reads so out of step with an American culture who worships the myth of individualism. The archetype damsel stands in complete contrast to the lone wolf protagonist popularized in Westerns as the American hero. And the shift from the archetype to stereotype stems from an inability to reconcile those differences of values. In The Cry for Myth, Rollo May writes, Americans cling to the myth of individualism as though it were the only normal way to live. We feel that every person must be ready to stand alone. This myth exhibits the basic flaw of leaving us no solid community to call our own. The archetype damsel challenges that narrative. Being unable to face a difficulty alone should not be treated as a failing of character, but a reality that certain trials are too enormous to be faced without help. There are events in our lives we cannot overcome without external aid, whether it be debilitating illness, the threat of financial crisis, or a problem outside the skill sets you have cultivated. Life is hard, and we don't go through a skipping. We shuffle, we fall, we live, and we find support in the relationships that are essential to our well-being. Life's trials are unavoidable opportunities for compassion. The Latin root of the word literally means to suffer with. The archetype damsel is not about the strength of a man winning a prize, but the strength of relationship, empowering people to triumph through sharing in each other's suffering. As mentioned in the fairy tale The Six Swans, the sister is tasked with rescuing her brothers from the curse that's turned them into swans. For six years, she must weave one shirt for each brother using a thistly plan for material without speaking a word. A king falls in love with her during these six years and marries her. His jealous mother accuses her of witchcraft and the sister is condemned to be burned at the stake. In face of these accusations, the sister remains silent 
sacrificing defending herself to rescue her brothers. At the moment of her execution, she finishes the last shirt, and her brothers are restored. Able to speak, and with the help of her brothers, she disproves the accusations and is acquitted. The stereotype damsel treats vulnerability as a vice. The archetype damsel reveals the importance of elective vulnerability, choosing to risk oneself for the sake of others. And that it may not be done on a, in a suit of armor or charging in on a white steed. Heroic sacrifice is not limited to a blaze of glory, but the slow, ongoing trials of the sisters and the six swans that outsiders do not see, celebrate, or understand. There are certain traits and lifestyles we choose that leave us exposed. Exercising the virtues traditionally associated with femininity, mercy, compassion, pacifism, leaves us susceptible to those of ill intent. But the exercise of these traits should not be mistaken for weakness. The stereotype damsel's feminine attributes are used as an excuse to render her helpless. For the archetype damsel, they are strengths to overcome hardship. As an object of want, the stereotype damsel's peril is something she finds herself put in and taken out of without relation to her own choices. As a subject of the story, the archetype damsel is given the privilege of being put in peril due to the consequences of her choices. Lois Lane is notorious for getting herself into trouble and Superman coming to her rescue. But when written right, this is consequence of her zealous pursuit of truth in her career as a journalist and her unshrinking personality. Princess Leia needs rescuing in a new home because her capture came as consequence of her leading a rebellion against the tyrannical empire. Evelyn Carnahan in The Mummy, a film which is incontestably a cinematic masterpiece, takes on the dangers of a cursed archaeological dig, which results in her ending up a damsel of distress. She isn't a swashbuckling adventurer. She is a librarian, and while she needs saving, her intelligence and expertise save the day. The stereotype damsel is scored not because audiences are adverse to seeing women in danger or needing rescue, but because we want to see characters of substance caught in conflict, where they have meaningful relationships that give them reason to sacrifice for the other. The stereotype damsel represents no one. The archetype represents universally applicable truths, because just as how she is not limited to being a female character, what she symbolizes should not be limited to only affecting a female audience. Returning to Roland May's The Cry for Men, he writes, Myths are our own self-interpretation of our inner selves in relation to the outside world. For we all think of ourselves not in moral or rational categories, but rather as central characters in the drama of life. Each of us may be hero or heroine, or criminal or rogue, or author, or any other character in the drama and the emotions that we experience will fit these characters. In our lives, we have all seen ourselves as the knight, found ourselves to be the damsel in distress, and even fallen to play the role of villain. Reducing the damsel in distress to a passive nothing strips away the vital lessons she brings to the drama. Heroics aren't limited to the ability to extricate ourselves from danger. It is decided by how we face those threats, especially one, the ones beyond our ability to independently defeat. Those who are imprisoned, oppressed, and ostracized have as much potential to be heroes of a narrative. 
When done right, the damsel reminds us that our most important values are often our most vulnerable. She calls each and every one of us to pick up our swords, brave dragons, climb towers in search of what is good, beautiful, and true. The end. All right, I'm going to open up to questions, attacks, so long as they're not ad hominem disagreements. So anybody who has some insight onto damsels in distress, let's just open it up for discussion.
Any others? Yes, the man with the mustache. fairy tale. It's less of beauty is imprisoned in the castle. It's more that that's where she goes to mature into womanhood because it's treated the narrative is more whimsical. It's that she's discovering these enchantments and the trick is that she doesn't fall sway to them yet. She finds the truth of the beast's nature. And then when she asks the beast to go visit her family, he goes, yeah, sure. Head on out. So even her imprisonment was half there at best and her peril was not so it's more her reaching the maturity to rescue the beast from the curse rather than her being imprisoned in the enchantment. more to the damsel in distress, and it's a disservice that, again, she's treated as a plot device, 
instead of a character. And I agree. We need to have one of those things. But... All right, anything else? Any other comments? All right, well, if you're too shy or you think there's something later to say, by all means, I'm at B07. Again, I love talking about this stuff, and I really love to see you there. Y'all have a good Sunday. Listening to the Long Coat Mafia. Capish. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and aliens of all ages, I told you the audio was very rough and that you were able to make out, still make out what SJ said. And uh, if you didn't, and you, it's because you were listening to everything in the car or someplace like that, uh, give it a listen when you're safe and sound with ear earbuds in or headphones on because I'm sure you'll be able to make out everything she says with headphones on or earbuds. So please give it another listen. Check everything else out. All SK, uh, where to find uh, her books and everything else will be in the description down below. Uh, she does have a website. It is, let me pull it up. It is, let me spell it out. It is S. K-E-H-R-A dot com. And it has everything there for you to uh, check out. Everything from her books and about her and how to contact her. And um, sure enough, you'd be able to get a lot of her stuff through Amazon and where books are found, including uh, Books A Million and other places of the elk if they're still around even the mom and pop places i'm sure they could put in an order so please hit that subscribe or follow button depending on which audio platform you listen on because we have a, another episode pertaining to this event in the pipeline as stated at the start of this episode we have a few hoops we have to jump through in regards to it but it will come out and in the meantime if you want to find out more more about us our all our social media and everything else and how to how you can support us here at the long coat mafia podcast are is in the description down below so i'll see all of you out there in the next episode or if you want check out our four state coverage on our youtube channel again that link will be in the description down below and hopefully it is clickable on the platform you want and if you want to contact us you can always send us an email at longcoatmafia at gmail.com so good night everybody see you next episode you've been listening to the long coat mafia podcast the internet's most hated and mafia themed geek podcast